Yes, folks, it's Thursday. It's a stressful day, 2 p.m. Pacific. I'm Fred McMurray, and thankfully, this must be... Well, Kristen, hi. Hi. Gotcha. This is a a bit of a change. I know what you're expecting, but we have birthday greetings today. We do? You mean aside from your belated birthday, Fred? I have no birthdays. I'm just older than Methuselah. So, (laughs) no. The our, one of our sponsors and the first guest that we ever had on the show, uh, my partner, Michelle Rempel's birthday is today. So we wanted yeah. to say happy birthday to happy her. Birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Michelle. Wow, does that mean you guys have the same, like, astrological sign? Yes, we're both Leos. <laughs> I'm sure that works out, but we'll go into that another time. Yeah, especially with the mood I'm in today. So now I'll send you. <laughs> now I'll send oh, you to 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 Karen, and you guys can chat about word on the street. Okay, that sounds great. And welcome to Pillars of Franchising, yet another episode where we uh, look to educate and entertain at the same time about all things franchising. And today, Karen, word on the street is funding. Yeah. 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 Difficult funding. I found a um, great article today in Entrepreneur Magazine, and I'll say great only in that it was it held my interest, not great in that you know the topic necessarily. Um, but the topic is talking a lot about um, women, people of color, franchisees under thirty, really struggling to get funding to open these franchise systems. I know, and I you know I hear I hear this a, a, a lot. A lot, you know, where people, they, you know, where they, they feel like they had it all together. They feel like they had it all in place and then they, they get, you know, and then they get rejected. Yeah. And, and they were talking about, um, I mean, the good news is, right, although all of those things have happened, right. it's actually caught the attention of the IFA. So International Prioritized Association has now a foundation where not only are they helping, but I want to also give a shout out um, to Yum Brands. Uh, that franchise system has also helped start working with um, University of Louisville and Howard University, and I'm sure Palm Beach Atlantic, um, one of our favorite places, also has some of this. But about it's to help people get more educated in how do you talk to a banker, right? What are some of the things when you walk in and you're applying for a loan that you need to have ready, that you need to ask? Um, and we've talked before on the show that not all banks are really business banks. Not all banks are franchise banks, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you told me you had a, a situation like this. Um, would you like to share that with us? I would. I would love to. You know, we were talking about this article and mm-hmm. and how, I mean, you know, how I said I had personal experience when I was in my late 20s. My yeah. husband and I went in to to take out a loan. And he came in, he was dressed a little bit kind of, he was coming from a, a site, a work site. Mm-hmm. And we walk in and the banker said to us immediately, you know, we're really picky to whom we give loans to. You know? uh-huh. Yeah. 
And so, you know, of course, she didn't know how funky I was and, uh-huh. and uh, proceeded to uh, <laughs> talk to her about that and did yeah. get an apology. But, I mean, that was one person who actually, you know, said it out loud. I mean, yeah. how many times do you know that someone's thinking that, but right. they, they're, not, they're not saying it? Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think that's really interesting because one of the, Mabea, I'm going to pronounce his name, and I hope that's right, um, totally talented guy, educated, speaks six different languages. And he said, you know, the one thing I figured out is I need to learn how to speak the seventh language, which is banker. And um, he struggled for a while to be able to get funding for his franchise. And the franchisors determined uh, for junk Tuckers, and they are Canadian-based from what I gather, um, they have also started coaching their prospective franchisees on how to go and talk to the banker. Um, so a lot of people, I mean, the first thing you think about, right, is, well, what about getting the money to start my business, right? Everybody wants to be their own business person. Everybody wants to be their own boss. But the, one of the biggest points of entry is money. Right. And so I, yeah, I love the I love to talk like a banker, the seventh language. Yeah, think, right, because it's so it's so true. Sometimes you feel like you're speaking in a different language, and you know you had mentioned that not all banks are also set up for yes. franchising. So mm-hmm. to me, this is the key thing that it's not you know yes we're going in you're, we're trying to get loans, yep. and if someone's not kind of trying to adapt to us, and as we adapt to them, they might not be a good fit. Well, sure. And, you know, it was something as simple um, as saying to the banker, well, what do, what do I need to get qualified for this? You know, and some people just don't ask. And, and it's, you know, a couple of things that we know you have to have ready. Um, and, and I'm running into this with one of my clients now uh, um, is a credit score, right? You have to have a good credit score. We've mentioned that before. Um, bankruptcy is a taboo unfortunately for a lot of people and you may be able to find some bankers but you're going to find a lot of lenders who just say oh you have a bankruptcy in your past sorry can't do it and so that's very frustrating uh you have to really look hard for somebody who is willing to take that chance um and some of the questions commonly asked that you need to think about if you're looking at buying a franchise or starting a business is do you have your business plan ready you want to provide that to your bank you need to make sure you have cash flow statements Again, ready for the bank when you go. And some of the common things, aside from your credit score, that they may ask you is where do you see your business in terms of the next five years? Because they want to make sure that you have a vision. And hopefully within your business plan, you go out five years so you can say, here's my vision and here's the the numbers to back it up, right? Exactly, exactly. And I think many times people don't think about that. They just think about that, that probably that first year. Like, okay, yes. let me have this plan for the first year, the second year. And, and they, they need to think about long-term. Right. Do they have enough, like, funds and vision to last, to last through that it, long-term, not five years. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I want to say that um, if you are working with a franchisor and or a broker, certainly um, we at Colors of Franchising can assist with that as well. But um, putting together those break-evens, your statement of cash flows and your business plan are something that a lot of people will help you with. And so make sure that you reach out, use the trusted resource, pillars of franchising. If you're not sure where to start, we have all those things as resources we can help you with, um, as well as making sure that we find that right brand 
that not only you can get qualified for, but that will give you the lifestyle that you're looking for uh, moving forward. So with that, I think we have a great show on tap. Fred, would you like to switch us over? Hi, Fred. How are you? <laughs> I, I, I was, I was going to say, listening to the conversation, if you know, seventh language is banking, the eighth language might as well be landlords or, or real estate <laughs> brokers. So, if you if you learn that one, let me know as well. Yeah, uh, sir, uh, we're going to get into exactly why you say that. <laughs> Ray, would you like to introduce our guest to all sure. our listeners? We have a, we have a great guest today, and uh, he is the CEO of stretch zone, okay? And I find that interesting because I think I saw a stretch zone in Naperville. Do you have one in Naperville, Illinois? Okay. Yeah, that's one of the few we have in Chicago, yep. Yeah, excellent. I think uh, our audience needs to hear what is stretch zone. It sounds like an interesting concept. It certainly grabbed my attention when I saw it on the storefront. Well, well, for us, it's no sweat exercise, and you know we were talking beforehand. And so, stretch zone essentially is practitioner-assisted stretching. Uh, we utilize a patented stabilization system and strapping system, and combine that with our proprietary methodology and stretching methodology. We're essentially able to give a more effective and efficient stretch while the client doesn't have to do any work at all. And so, essentially, mm -hmm. clients come in, lay on a comfortable table, we do all the work, you get all the benefits, and that it's really that simple. And so. Um, it's been quite the journey over the past few years and, you know, getting up to 200 plus stores and, you know, still growing at the pace that we are about two a week. Um, we're, we're staying, we're staying busy. That's for sure. Wow. Well, I love, I love yoga, but um, the fact that I watched a video on YouTube of um, one of your facilities and, and what it was like, how they, you get on the table and they strap you down, right? And you don't fall. The idea of somebody else doing all that work for me and me getting the benefit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. I don't even have to break a sweat. You know, it's it's funny because like people people that come in, they, they either don't know how to stretch, which is which is a large part. They don't know what to do properly. And the, and the strapping system allows you to be comfortable on the table and really leverage and, and just get a more efficient stretch. But um, but large people come in that they don't know how to stretch. And then there's another big majority of people that come in that do know how to stretch but are too lazy to stretch, which is you know, me and a lot of other people that come in the door. And so, so when we give the ability, and I think the, the, the most impactful thing, at least from, from my experience with stretch zone is uh, just the difference that stretching makes and the stretch zone method makes on people's lives. And, you know, I think especially those that don't stretch at all, people don't realize, you know, the impact it can have on their day-to-day -day life. And it's just, you know, from the basic of goals of literally just being able to put your socks on the morning easier, sleeping better through the night to, you know, the more athletic goals, I would say, of, you know, being able to, you know, feel better playing around the golf or playing their grandkids, whatever it might be. And so, so being able to kind of support, you know, that wide array of goals and, uh, and be able to create programs around that has been, been pretty impactful in the communities that we serve. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing that I found interesting as I was watching this video is, um, in doing some reading about it, is it talks about how this isn't necessarily just for athletes. It's not necessarily mm -hmm. just for injuries, right? Can you tell us a little bit about who uh, stretch stretch zone um, is is targeting, looking looking for in terms of your uh, patients or clients? 
Yeah, we, we call them clients. And, and so essentially, you know, it's really for everyone. And I think the, you know, everyone who first gets exposed to the brand, you know, even when I first got exposed to the brand, we had about five locations, you know, immediately I thought is, man, for, for those weekend warriors, for the athletes, this is great for preventative and recovery. And the answer is yes. But really where it's making a huge difference are, are really those that are 45 and up. Um, you know, demographically speaking, there's about a male, the male, female splits about 50, 50, give or take one to two percentage points, which is really a testament to created by our founder, Jordan Gold, and, and really the system um, to be able to apply those benefits across, across such a wide variety of people. And, and again, it goes back to, yeah, I think, you know, yes, the goal is always being able to run a quicker 40 or maybe you're aspiring collegiate athlete, but but how impactful is it if it's literally, I want to wake up without feeling aches and pains in my lower back? You know, wow. you know what value do you put behind that? And, and that's something that we recognized early on and, and said, you know, hey, listen, let's not just, you know, pigeonhole ourselves and put us in a niche of fitness. Um, sure. let, let's make sure that we're, we're servicing the, the entire array of clients that are walking through the door looking for the service. And, and that's really why we always try to align ourselves with, you know, we're a wellness product, we're a lifestyle service. And, and, and ultimately, that's how we've been able to kind of create this whole new and be the pioneers, this whole new vertical, which is now stretching. So, so yes, it's not just athletes. And, and let me ask you this. I'm a little on the other side of 45. Just, this is just a little bit. So how, how, <laughs> so how does that affect, you know, my generation? So, I mean, because I wake up in the morning and, you know, so, so one of the most, you know, rewarding, you know, things for at least for me as, as a leader of the organization, our team is, you know, we always talk about the direct impact it makes on individual lives, right? And so, Ray, you know, I know you push the 50. Um, it definitely is something that you could utilize. But, but ultimately, like for, for the older generation, it, it really boils down to, hey, doing what you love longer or doing what you once loved to do, um, you know, putting that back into the routine and, and, and so, and then, so you talk about the direct impact of that, right? So, so Ray, you might love to play golf or pickleball or hang out with your grandkids or go fish or whatever is go on walks. And, and so, yes, you can do that. But then the indirect impact, which is, which is most rewarding in my mind is, okay, maybe that is spending more active time with your family members, or maybe that is spending more active time with your friends or whoever it might be. And, and that's kind of the, you know, there's so much purpose, purposefulness behind the service itself to where, you know, franchisees, yes, it is a great business model and the unit level of economics are great, but they can feel good, you know, when they go to bed at night and they, they can feel good knowing that they're making a direct impact and positive impact in their community. Absolutely. Well, Tony, I was reading that um, that really you kind of fit into the health and fitness industry and you kind of indicated that, but it's very niche, right? I mean, it's not a yoga studio. It's not a fitness center. Where do you... Yeah see you guys fitting into there and where where would you position one of your locations even uh, I, I would honestly say that we're, we're a lifestyle service and, and when i say lifestyle be, and and that was one of the most challenging components we talked about the lifespan of stretch on from you know the first store in 2015 to 200 plus now mm -hmm. um nobody knew what stretching was and, and a large part, and that's why we offer the first stretch free, you know, even to this day across the country for any new person who wants to try us out, the first stretch is free because we understand that you have to educate the consumer, not necessarily just about what stretching is, but, but what stretch zone is and the difference it can make, which is why we always kind of say like, hey, don't take our word for it, try it out for yourself. And, yeah. But yeah, the, the, the niche and, and, you know, us being the pioneers and kind of the stretching vertical 
it was challenging at first just because, you know, people want to label you as fitness or they want to label you as massage. And, and when, you, when you get mm-hmm. down to the nuts and bolts, you know, we talk about leasing and stuff like that. When we were opening up stores, that, that, that created some challenges in some municipalities because the municipality, if you think of something as simple as a business license, yeah. business license, they want, they want to tag you as massage. Well, well, no, we're not massage. And you don't want to be tagged as massage because then there's, there's yeah. other red tape that, that's associated with yeah. that. And, and so, so that, that was always a challenge. But, you know, now that there's, you know, just been more popularity of the stretching industry as a whole and obviously the success that we've had, it, it's been a little easier to, to help others understand that really this is more of a the lifestyle play. Uh, really, everyone can see the benefits for it. It's really more so for us to figure out why you're coming in and making sure that we're designing the appropriate program for you. So where do you find your people? Obviously, we're all having staffing shortages as franchisees right now. Um, do you do some training for them? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, 100%. So so labor challenges are across the board, and, and that's through, you know, I was, I was uh did a conversation with Stan uh, Friedman the other day on um, uh, on a podcast, and and we were we were talking about this, and in some of the labor challenges are obviously affecting other brands more so than others. And for us, you know, we've always had two major differentiators as a brand. First of which is the patent traffic system, which we talked about. The second of which is our stretch on training program, because Jordan, you know, a partner and founder, started this so so long ago. This is you know, been a product that's been developed since 1999 when we first started on grandfather. Um, we actually are the only ones with a nationally recognized stretch training program, which does a few things for us uh, internally, which means that national insurers recognize it, which mitigates liability insurance for franchisees. Um, also, what it does is it allows the scalability that you want in any service. So whether you're getting stretched in Anchorage, Alaska, or Fort Lauderdale, or New York, or wherever, you get the same quality of service. And the last thing, most importantly, is what you just addressed, is that since we are the certifying body, um, it makes finding labor that much easier because I don't necessarily need you to have a particular certification to come on board. If you pass our certification, um, you're going to be deemed safe and okay to work with clientele. Now, with that being said, obviously, you want to find the people with appropriate backgrounds, exercise physiology, personal trainers, massage therapists, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Um, but that, but that's essentially, you know, that, that, that's how it works for us. And that's why it hasn't been too difficult when opening all these locations to find the, the, the team members to join. Okay, great. You did mention um, unit level economics being very strong. Um, and I noticed that some of your growth has been through multi-unit expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you find the average number of units is that your multi-unit owners and it, it's really increasing by the day. Um, I mean, honestly, and, and most of our, and, and again, you, when Jordan and I just kind of started the franchise model, Jordan Gold founder, we, we mm-hmm. always talk about doing franchising the, the right way or what we call the right way. And, and, and what that means is we always want to keep a low barrier of entry for our franchisees and, and keep the barrier of entry as low as possible, leverage whatever purchasing power that we have and pass that forward to the franchisee to incentivize multi-unit growth. Um, rather than taking rebates or stuff like that. And and also, you know, what, what matters to us as a franchisor stores open, you know, one of the the cultural pieces that I I firmly believe in, and I guess it's a lot different than franchising me being new to franchise as a whole is, you know, we never refer to store sold because quite frankly, I tell us the franchisees, I I think it's a, it can be a bogus metric um, for franchisors to lean on because I can't, as a franchisee, I can't leverage, if I land 50 units open, 500 sold, I can't leverage 450 sold. It doesn't matter for brand recognition, anything like that. And, 
And so that being said, we, we've never been pushy about forcing people to do multi-unit. You know, we, we really want people to open up stores. So, so telling a lot of these franchisees early on saying, you know, listen, if you're not comfortable doing three, I'm not going to discount the franchise for you to go ahead and give you perks or whatever, or maybe right. oversell you on units with tie up a mark, which isn't good for the brand. Right. Um, so what we found over time is that people continually add more and more units to where now the average is probably about three, um, okay. you know, per franchisee. But, but, but what we've seen, especially in the past, you know, through life cycle franchising, a lot of these, you know, bigger owners are starting to even purchase more in their, their respective regions or, or, or buy some other existing units to add on to their portfolio. So, you know, we, we have our highest ones around 15, uh, wow. 17. We have a few in the, the nine to 10 range. And, and then obviously we have a lot of the two, three. Wow. And, and what, what does it take to get, you know, first of all, what type of individual are you looking for to buy your franchise? Mm -hmm. And how much does it cost to get involved in it? Yeah, so the cost is going to range anywhere between 120000 and 195000 which is going to be all in at item seven from mm -hmm. from the page to my lips, right? Um, so, so that's the cost. As far as the candidate, you know, you know, I always want to preface this with for any emerging brand out there, you know, we, we everyone learns it the hard way of there's nothing more important than vetting your franchisees and, and finding the right people that align with the culture of the organization and what you're trying to build as an organization culturally. And, you know, every emerging franchise, I, I remember sitting at IFA and we had, you know, 15 stores hearing that and, you know, it always sounds great. And you're like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, when you're growing a brand organically and, you know, things are getting tight. You're like, well, you know, this one, I'm sure, I'm sure my gut's wrong on this. And, and, and sometimes you learn the hard way. And so, so nowadays, you know, culture is everything in our in organization and, and that's our priority. And so, you know, we vet them heavily a lot of times to make sure they align with our core values. Um, one of the things that we still do are in-person discovery days, which is a little bit different than a lot of brands, but I do think that shows that someone who's willing to take the time to obviously try to service, um, go through the validation process, talk to franchisees. And part of this is the same with team members. I look for, you know, good work ethics. I look for good, solid characters um, and individuals. You know, we're in a unique position because we have a low barrier of entry relative to franchising. Is you get a lot of first-time business owners. And so uh, I would like to say, you know, so it's not necessarily someone that has an incredible business acumen. It's someone who's passionate about the service, passionate about helping others. Um, and really, really, really understands the purpose behind uh, stretch zone as a business model, not necessarily just the dollar amount behind stretch zone as a business model. It, it certainly sounds like something who, uh, how should I say, you, as a person who's uh, wanted to get involved in franchising, I think buying one of these, because it sounds to me like uh, multiple uh, units are easy. Uh, once you start that first one, I think, and and I think I think you said 125 to begin with. It doesn't yeah. sound bad, you know. Uh, that that sounds like something a lot of people certainly uh, would like to get into. Yeah, absolutely. We, we all we all we always joke because you know we have a very we try to keep the business model as simple as possible. You know, mm -hmm. really to where we have you know we have fixed assets and the tables themselves. We have the team members. We don't have any kind of waste, spoilage. You know, a ton of moving inventory right. besides some merch. And so for a new business owner, it, it is and it's a turnkey process. You have the franchise support. You have the big brand name alongside with it, like Drew Brees, and the brand ambassadorship and, and the board member. And, and so when you have all this, it is very appealing for first-time business owners. Mm -hmm. and, and, and yes, 
is there are a lot of synergies and economies of scale for multi-unit ownership, and, and we try to cater to that. But I think it's, you know, the running joke is here, we talk discovery days, like if, if you're a prospect and you're leaving, you're thinking it can't be this simple. The answer is it is, and we know that, and we try to leverage that and not overcomplicate yeah, it for yeah, the people. So, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't want to say it was a, a simple franchise, but you used to no, use it's, not, word, not, it's not offensive, it, it it's not offensive at all. It is. No, no, you know, and and yeah. so many franchises now, you know, even the business that Kristen and I are in, you think, how hard can it be to clean a toilet? But believe me, it's complicated. So, yeah. you know, so, but this sounds really easy. To, you know, it sounds like a really, really good franchise. How did you uh, get involved in this? Because uh, I'm reading here that you started out as a general manager. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I mean, yeah, back in the day, I mean, it's kind of even a joke for us to even have titles, you know, when we're starting up the business from scratch. And so, so when I first joined, so the story begins with Jordan back in 1999, when we first started with his grandfather. Um, Jordan then worked with one-off clientele, celebrities, athletes, whoever it might be. And then he tried starting the retail model himself in 2015. I stumbled across it in 2016 when they had about five locations. And, and Jordan is, is, is obviously one of the best people and, and we're, we fit together perfectly and you know he's the science behind it and what he lacked was the business model and, and um you know we're always big on know what you don't know and so when i came up when i came on board in 2016 and yeah you know, i experienced the stretch just like many of our franchisees and i said wow this is something pretty incredible i understand i understood the intellectual property behind it so i, I saw how unique it was and and as as dysfunctional the business was around it, meaning like we didn't know how to price it, we didn't know how to sell it, we you know there wasn't a website, you know there's there's tiles and hand-me-down furniture in the stores and all that lovely like start startup business concepts. And uh, but regardless of that, people were still coming in and people loved it. And so I remember telling myself, I said, listen, I'm, I'm more than young enough to where you know we can take this kind of entrepreneurial jump. I said if I, I said it obviously makes a difference and. Um, you know, if I'm right, this could be something pretty big. And so from 2016, Jordan and I, we had about 12 corporate stores, um, didn't really start franchising until 2017. And then, um, obviously from, from there to here in about five and a half years of franchising, we're at 209 and wow. 10 and 11 open up next week. So it's been, a um, it's, it's been quite the journey and throw COVID in there for the mix. And then you yeah. have a, you know, you yeah. have quite, quite, yeah. quite the tail. That's really good growth. I, I, I think right now we want to keep the lights on. So Fred says we need to do a commercial. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with more Palooza Franchising. After hey, this. franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805 265 5440 or visit us at westvine.com that's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com 
And welcome back. We have Laura List joining us with Tony Zaccaro. Zaccario, I'm sorry, I did say that right. Zaccario? That's oh, close enough. Yeah. I mean, okay. I've uh, been, been called worse, you know. Well, I have to clap it out. Sometimes it's like hooked on phonics, right? I'm clapping it out. So my apologies if I slayed that the wrong way. But um, so, Laura, I know you're dying from a legal perspective. We wanted to start talking about item seven, right? Sure. Yeah, I know that, you know, for you, for your background, you know, I represent both franchisors as well as franchisees. So I, you know, I, I sit and I see, I see both sides, you know, it's um, sort of like an attorney who represents both uh, employees as well as management. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of us who, who do both sides, but I think that's part of what gives us a lot of comfort when we work with our clients either way. Um, you know, you were mentioning, you're describing how, you know, it's it's a relatively affordable franchise, right? You know, like earlier, let's see, it was last week, I, I had a different franchise, you know, it's going to cost $3 million, right? <laughs> um, this is the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Um, how has it been for your your franchisees about finding those those smaller footprint spaces? You know, I, um, I, I wonder, sometimes the landlords like to do bigger spaces, right? Do they try and get you guys into bigger spaces ever? Yeah, the, 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 it's, a, it's a challenge. And, you know, that, that was one thing that was shocking. You know, you, everyone kind of thought, or at least we did, you know, during COVID that the retail space would, you'd gain a lot of leverage from um, the tenant side and the yeah. exact opposite. I mean, it's been, yeah, yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. also for the record, Laura, I'm glad that, I, I read my item seven exactly as it is, knowing that you were on the I did not go through um, your item seven. I, I do think I actually represent one of your franchisees, but I would have to go back and check because it's been a while. Um, go ahead. That's, that's great. So, so, so yeah, we can, we can quote that later on. Um, but anyway, you know, the real estate, it's, it's one of our biggest challenges because, you know, our footprint is normally 1,000 square feet, empty shell, um, mm -hmm. shoebox shape. And, and, and what's frustrating is, you know, that's small potatoes for some of these big landlords or big REITs or whatever it might be. And, and, and I mean, it literally gets to the point to where franchisees are begging for the landlords to literally take their I mean, I remember a, a specific circumstance where we had a franchisee executed lease, everything already sent back, check sent back to them. It took them three and a half weeks to cash the check to get the keys over. And you're sitting there saying, like, it's just, it's just madness. Um, so yeah, no, it's definitely a frustrating, frustrating piece. Tony, do you help them with your franchisees with site selection because of some of these issues? You know, we've always taken the uh, the position of more so listen, we're, we're going to approve of the site. We we obviously okay. will give the appropriate demographics and, and yep. for that you that you submit, um, but we're going to approve or disapprove a location. Okay. Um, we try not to blur the lines too much with regards to you know we're happy to hop on a call and saying listen, these are the typical sites. Mm -hmm. uh, but we try not to blur the lines too much of directing a franchise franchisee yep. and saying, hey, you should take this location. So kind of what we do, and, and this is one of those those gray areas. And I don't know if I should have, you know, Laura, with you on here, I should probably have my counsel on here. But anyway, so, uh, no, so, so you know, it is, what, just being honest, one of those gray areas, you talk about financing before from the banking system. You know, for us, yeah. we have a low barrier of entry. We have people that are new to business. People have no idea how a lease functions or commercial lease functions. And, and, and sometimes landlords are very malicious. And they do try to take advantage of small business because they know that. And, and so our biggest piece of advice is honestly, we say, listen, 
you know, there's a lot of things that attorneys are great for, but especially when it comes to the commercial commercial real estate and as far as lease negotiation. And, and I think what a lot of franchisees don't realize is that there's a lot that can be negotiated in a lease. And a lot of it is a personal decision as far as what they, what's most important to them. And what I mean by that is we, we try to educate them with outside people and outside counsel or outside experts on, on real estate themselves so that they can learn about things like personal guarantee, um, TI, uh, abated versus free rent, um, and all these other different components of it to where landlords get a little slick with it. Um, term of the lease as well. And, and so we do try to educate them just to understand the components. But when it comes down to the actual negotiation, it, and I do believe this, it is a personal choice. You know, I have some franchisees that are, that are hell-bent on getting rid of a personal guarantee or having a rolling PG or stuff like that. I have others that say, I don't care at all. I just want all TI paid for and all build out. And I want as much free rent as possible on a lower term. And, and that, 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 that's up to them. And um, so, yeah, we, we take more of an approach that we're going to prove the site and just help educate the franchisee. Yeah, I think that's actually, you know, I mean, you want to like give them enough enough rope, right? Not enough to hang themselves, but um, you know, you want to let them be able to call the shots. You know, as a as a contrasting one, I, I have one that is in the massage space um, that I'm helping. You know, they signed up, signed their franchise agreement, they're doing site selection. Franchisor is very hands on, um, you know, to the point that they will not permit um, a lease that is less than ten years, right? Not even two five. Wow like the five and a five, um, they will truly, own, we actually tried to negotiate it when we were reviewing the franchise agreement because it was also in the franchise agreement that you had to do it. Wow. Um, and so there is a lot of variability out there, I would just say. And so, you know, having that flexibility from you guys is actually, I think, a benefit. So long as the franchisee is getting, you know, a knowledgeable real estate broker, they're getting, you know, in their own market, someone who can tell them, you know, okay, yeah, this is market or this is not. Like I also practice in Denver. I lived out there for about a decade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the things that um, you you just cannot ask for in that market are very different than where I currently live in the Chicago area. <laughs> in Chicago, I mean, I don't propose whatever changes I want, basically. Um, whereas in Denver, you know, they just laugh at you. They're like, we haven't accepted, you know, no guarantee or even a rolling guarantee since, you know, the recession ended. Um, you know, it just hasn't happened. So it's, you know, it really is something to think about, you know, market by market too. Um, you know, and I, I think you, with the lower cost of entry, I mean, are a lot of your client or a lot of your franchisees, are they, are they pursuing financing? Like, are they pursuing SBA loans or are they more, yeah. more but, financing? Yeah, no, it's, it's, most of them have liquidity or a simple line of credit um, because there's such a low barrier of entry for those. Mm-hmm. So, so luckily we don't have those hurdles to overcome. Um, so it's, it's not, it's not as, it's not as much of a headache for us, but, but again, we, we do our best to educate them on the different options that they do have. And that's why we regularly have, you know, we have monthly calls with the system wide calls and we have, you know, probably weekly different kind of support topic calls. And, and at the FAC's request, we'll bring in an outside expert so that they can speak a little more freely than we will to go ahead and kind of comment on that just to educate the, the franchisees because we do get a lot of new business owners, for sure. Mm, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's really interesting. What's, what's the, you know, what's the market like out there for franchisees? How are they how are they doing with getting open? Is it staying on track? Are they behind? Is COVID still? Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, we're averaging just under 120 days from franchise agreement to opening. And so one of the beauties of our business is 
Now, again, it's simple. You know, you literally get shipped a store in a box where your tables, your furniture, your acrylics come in there. And so, so the two limiting factors are, you know, if you have a, an extensive build out, it might delay the permitting and you have to go through the cities. But for us, like if I find, and a lot of these times, these kind of long shoebox shaped spaces of a thousand square feet is uh, all I need is paint, flooring. We put decals. Other than that, flop it and run with it, which is great, especially for these new business owners who maybe are outlaying a lot of capital for them. Initially, they're able to kind of start that process of, of hopefully recouping it um, immediately you know, as, as soon as possible. And, and so, so it's been just under that, but at the same time as I, I've, you know, some horror story just with landlords and, and leasing or, or permitting issue, just uh-huh. taking, I mean, Eon uh, HVAC units are, apparently oh, a shortage of them throughout you the gotta, country um, you gotta be careful yeah not even the shortage but just um just knowing right that's another big lease topic you know and it's like I, sometimes i say to these guys i could i could get on here and i could do a not like a whole session because everybody wouldn't listen to the podcast but, you know um like well well, well it, make, it makes it makes it makes total sense that uh you know franchisee pays for capital improvement of the landlord oh, you know in my opinion in my opinion but yeah, it makes sense that they, they pay for it when they get the benefit right you know like if they're getting a new space they're the way they're joking can, can i can oh, is that I, a I joke that i can't in, tell it. yeah it's, it's a joke it's like it's like can you, can you take it's like my, my joke with franchisee it's like guys because people are like, well, does that make sense that, that we had to pay? I go, I listen. I go, it's a capital improvement unless you can take take that HVAC with you when that lease is over. Exactly. <laughs> but but these landlords right. expect it. Exactly. Yeah. No, I and and you know, and it's it is something where it's very hard to negotiate that, you know, because the landlords yeah. know how expensive HVAC is. Which for anyone listening who does not know, um, even on a smaller footprint space like what stretch zone does, I wouldn't be surprised if a new HVAC unit was going to run you 10 grand. Wow. Um, And so it is not an insignificant line item. Um, You know, when you, you know, when your whole estimate, right. is not, not very high. um, Suddenly, you know, HVAC is really going to spike you up there. Uh, So it is something to think about, you know, much less if you're on a larger concept, um, you know, or you need a lot of ventilation, like a nail salon or something, those need extra validation. Um, those can really, you know, yeah. And Kristen, did you have a question? Yeah. So, Tony, I know we talked about so many of your franchisees being multi-unit owners, but for people listening who think that this, not only is this an extremely affordable um, mm-hmm. model, but it, it, and because it's a lifestyle brand, there's so many things that are interesting to it or about it to me. How involved do you expect your franchisees to be in the business, especially their first one? Because not everybody is um, trained and able to do yeah. stretching. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so we we don't like we don't require owner operators like a lot of brands do. And, and what we want is we want active owners. You know, mm-hmm. I'm big on you, you can work on the business without being in the business. Yeah. And and so at the same time, but and now, now I hate the the terminology that franchising uses is semi-absentee. Um, and the reason why I say that for anyone listening is because, I mean, it's it just kind of the connotation that you're absent-minded of the business. But really what it's trying to say is like, listen, you, it is something to where it's going to require a few hours, but at the same time, is you don't need to be in the space. Right. I mean, it should run uh, efficiently by itself because you don't have that much really to do besides you're, you're managing people and you're leading people. 
um, mm. which is important. But other, other than that, it's, it's very, very simple. So, so for those that are considering, and, and a lot of our franchisees that, that do have just one or two or even up to three, they mm-hmm. still do have a full-time job elsewhere. And they do okay. have other business ventures, business ventures elsewhere. So it's not necessarily one of those things where everyone, all of our franchisees, this is all that they do. And honestly, there's probably only about 15% of them that this is all they do. Okay. Um, well, for everyone else, that, 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 yeah, no, so that's a great question. Excellent. So for those of you out there who just want to get out of the daily grind or you're looking for somewhere else to put your money that can work for you, especially today, probably bigger returns in the stock market. <laughs> this is that's, not saying, that's not saying much. Let's not, let's not, let's not <laughs> too low. Well, today it's not for sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, Tony, it's been so fantastic having you on, and I'm super excited to know that we have Stretch Zone here in Chicago because I really want to go and check that out. And um, we will have all of your information online for you at pillarsoffranchising.com. But tell our listeners what is the best way for them to get in touch with you. Um, well, first of all, if you want to learn more about the brand, go to stretchzone.com. And obviously, for any from the Fran Dead side, you know, go to our, our franchise or franchising page and learn more about what it's like to be a franchisee and the life of a franchisee and, and more about the investment in Lovely Item 7. So they're talking about Laura. Um, for those that want to experience it firsthand, you know, go on the website, find a location nearest you and try the free stretch. And for me personally, LinkedIn is probably the best way to get a hold of me. And are all of you guys based out of Chicago? No, just three of us. Well, we're actually going to be doing a um, a Drew Brees signed football giveaway from every one of the stores to start to start <laughs> off the month of September. I'm a big um, fan. So this personally appeals to me. <laughs> you, you heard it, you you, heard, you 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 heard it here first. So that is something that we are going to run during through the month of September for our Chicago based stores. Because um, him and his group just opened up opened up a location in Glenview. And oh, so yeah. he's been rapid, rap, rapidly growing, and um, so he's put a little touch on there. So there's a little That's more awesome. incentive for you guys to get on in. Well, and I have to say I can't count because there are four of us online right now from Chicago. Um, <laughs> so Jerry's not here today. He's the only one from the cornfields of Iowa. Um, but yeah, that's super exciting. I would love to do that. And I'm, I'm definitely want to check out the model. Thank you so much for your time. And I wish you all the luck in the world with what you guys have going on. And the, the growth is absolutely amazing, especially as you said, um, considering COVID. So, um, I want to thank you for no, that. Thank you, thank, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, thank you so much, Tony. Have a good and one, guys. As usual, thank you for joining Pillars of Franchising. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, We have a shout out to our sponsors, the Titus Center for Franchising at Palm Beach Atlantic University. You can find them on the college's website. Also, Franchise Show 247, which can be found at franchiseshow247.com. And we couldn't do it without our sponsors, and we appreciate their support. Don't forget, we love to have calling guests. Our number to call in is 323-580-5755. That is 323-580-5755. If you have questions for our guests or for any of our Million Dollar Mentors, we welcome you to call in at any time on the show. We will do our very best to answer your calls. Stay tuned. More coming up. Hey. Hello. How are you? Good. Good. I love all this this talk. We're talking about so many different things and all the different nuances you know, with, with franchising and, and Tony, I'm definitely gonna, you know, I'm definitely gonna come by and, and do stretch some. 
I know I'm interested in doing something new. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what is the closest one? Now Glenview and now this football thing. And honestly, so I, I'll probably, like, my skin will start burning and I'll burst into flames. But I'm really not a Bears fan for living in Chicago. Oh, don't say that to me. But <laughs> <laughs> so for me, like, I think it's cool they're going to give away a Saints football. It doesn't have to be a Bears football in Chicago. Um, and we probably just lost all of our Chicago listeners going, oh, my God, I can't. But I, I am. Go Bears, bear down. So so I'll be the I'll be the side for that. And I've already looked it up. I think there's one in Willowbrook, which I'm near. So I'm oh, going to okay. be one of that one. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we might, who knows? We might have to go into business and buy one of these because it looks like it's a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. So what do you have for us today? You know, really, what would we like to talk about when you even think about today? So we've been talking about um, contracts. You know, we've been talking, we've been talking about like leases. We've been, we were talking even about getting loans, all the different, all the different things that, mm-hmm. that are required when we're, um, we're franchises. And, and so really just wanted to talk about when's a good time to, to really get advice. When's a good time to, to, to have a mentor Yeah. and kind of, kind of what is, what does that look like? I thought it'd be really good because so many times, as, as franchises or prospective franchises, we get so caught up in the ideas and just kind of moving through the process. And it's not until something goes wrong that then we're like, oh, wait a minute, maybe I need to get some advice here. Yep. And it, sometimes if we could find out or think about this beforehand, being more proactive ahead of time, um, it's a good idea because it can save us from a lot of mistakes. Well, and, you know, as a franchisee myself, 16 years, I'm kind of in this Every now and then you go through these ebbs and flows, right? And you get in a rut. And sometimes the business kind of runs itself and everything is status quo. And then there are times that you really want to kick it into high gear. And so um, are those good times to look for a mentor? Yeah, there's, I think there's different kind of different points. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're right. I think, you know, when you even talked about in a rut, many times what happens in franchising, and I saw this, you know, and this is a, it's a good thing. We have other franchisees. So we're getting advice from our franchisor. We talk to gotcha. other franchisees. And that can be, you're getting limited information. So the great thing about with a mentor is actually you're kind of going out and getting different ideas. You're getting different perspectives and different ideas. Right. I think that's a good thing. And I think that, that it's usually pivotal times, for example, when you're even thinking about buying a franchise. Uh-huh. But to yep. get that, that, that person that's more objective. They're not trying to sell you a franchise. They're not your banker, right? It's really someone that is that experienced person that you, you can trust that's going to give you real feedback. And, 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 you know, they can ask you questions, kind of challenge you, and you can also go to them when you're struggling. You know, or, yeah. or just trying to figure it, figure it out. And they can also give you advice on, hey, here's a pair of some pitfalls. So that's usually the first place is mm-hmm. when you're thinking about a franchise and you're getting it started. Okay. So how, about, how about, um, you know, the one thing that, that I found in, in our franchise is a little bit different, but, you know, we went through this um, where they seem to be very involved your first year, making sure that you have all the resources. Um, and I've noticed this with some of the emerging brands, too, but as you go into year two through five, okay, well, now what? Like, it's true. It's true. And I think that you get stuck. Right. So and, and, and that's even in business. What happens many times in all businesses, because I've worked with a lot of franchises and businesses, you always have a it's like a wall. Yeah. So you kind of have this growth 
and then and then there's a there's a what it could be time it could be it could be a certain like sales growth and you, and you feel stuck and you're like wait I can't I can't get past it to get to that next level that's a great time right to really think about okay let me find someone let me find a mentor someone's experienced in this that can yeah. ask me some questions and help help me get unstuck so that's a great time I think another great time is when you want to buy another unit. You know, so many times as entrepreneurs, we're, and I've, I've worked with a lot of people here that are like, I want to buy something else. And, and so if they get people that want to, right, that want to tell, that just want to tell them what they want to hear, mm-hmm. you know, and there are those people. Then there yeah. are also people that are mentors that will be, let me ask you a few questions because they're objective. So that, let me ask you a few questions here because it's a nice shiny dime, right? It's shiny over yeah. there. But let's yeah. make sure this is right for you. And a lot of times it kind of helps you slow down and think about it, and it helps you get more prepared so then you can have, you know, if you do it, when you do it, you can actually then move a little bit faster, and it's going to be more successful. Sure. Well, and that that, that um, happens to bring an interesting point in terms of when you do expansions, and I've done expansions in the last 16 years, and all of them have gone differently, right? And And two of them happened right amidst right before COVID. And so then when you look at, or when I looked at going yet again to another, the issue becomes when you have something like COVID and you've done two expansions kind of back to back, um, well, first of all, with COVID, all the plans went to hell in a handbasket, right? So that didn't work out. No kidding, yeah. You know, and then the second thing was now you need to make sure that your market penetration in those new markets are just as strong as your original territory so that you show that you've been able to grow. And so it can get really tricky, especially if you have something like a pandemic on your hands and that mentor hopefully can help you be very strategic with your marketing, very strategic on where you spend your time and kind of the cultivating the customer things that need to happen. Exactly. And I will say a word of advice. If you do have a mentor, listen to them as well. Yeah. They're not going to be just doing the whole blah, blah, giving you all this information, but they're going to be asking you really insightful questions. A good mentor does that, right? They ask you questions, get you thinking. And, if, and then if you ask them for advice and they give some, I mean, I can't tell you there are a couple people where they're like, you know, we went back and forth on should I, should I not? And I'm like, I'm not sure about this, you know, and, and really recommended maybe someone not go into multi-unit. Well, then they came back, you know, a year later and they said, you were right. I wasn't ready. Yeah. So it's not like I was right. But sometimes mentors can see things that you can't. So it's really making sure you get the emotion. It's that emotion and logic with buying. (laughs) And making sure you've got the balance of the emotion and the logic there. And that's a lot of times what the mentor can do. They can help you with that logical piece. Yeah, absolutely. I think that becomes really, really important. Um, I am guilty of having a little ADHD and being all about the shiny dimes. Right. Yeah. Oh, look, you know, <laughs> just as I said, stretch zone. Oh, my gosh, that sounds awesome. I love the concept. I love the point of entry. I love the flexibility of not having to be there all the time. And, you know, with a lot of these brands, you know, as he brought up, and, and this is, again, a mentor thing, right? If you're not used to hiring and, cult- and building a culture and taking right. care of employees, you know, engage with somebody who is really skilled at that because it can make or break your business very quickly, especially one that you're not working in full time. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and there's some people that believe that feel, feel very strongly that they want to have a mentor, not just at those, you know, you know, those pivotal times mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they have always. 
And so I have, you know, a couple of people that, um, a couple of business owners where they actually had a mentor at the beginning and they just keep them and they'll do quarterly check-ins. So it's more of like a consistent kind of a kismet system way of approaching. And so what they did help them, one, when they were ready to sell, they didn't have to go to someone, you know, because sometimes people, they're like, okay, I'm ready to sell. And then all of a sudden, oh, you need to do this and that. And have you thought about this and that? And they haven't. And it's a little too late. Whereas many times if you're thinking about all this ahead of time, and that's why even having someone that kind of walks along the way with you, they can make sure you're set up for that way before. So you can actually, Mm -hmm. then when you want to sell, you're going to get more of a return on those dollars because you have some of the key elements in place and thought about it ahead of time. Awesome. Awesome. Karen, again, thank you so much for all your help and insight today. It's been really great. And I hope that people really, you know, think about it. We know a lot of people who have life coaches, right? I mean, and getting a mentor or getting a business coach is is really no different. And for so many, as Tony had mentioned, um, they're first-time business owners. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's a very exciting time. Um, but you want to make sure that you have all the support in order that you need to be successful. So we would like to thank all of you for joining us on the show today with our guest, Tony Vicario. I hope I didn't slaughter that again. Okay. <laughs> You're so kind and forgiving. Uh, a stretch zone, which is a magnificent brand. I can't wait to see where you guys go next. Please be sure to like, share, and comment on this episode as well as any of the others that you might watch. Thank you to Laura Liss, our franchise attorney, and thanks as always to Karen Kimsey Ford for her perspective, and thanks to Fred McMurray, Ray Pillar, uh, and I'm Kristen Tomesky, and together we are your resource for franchising success. This has been another episode of Pillars of Franchising, and remember, the dream starts here. Have a great week. Build it up, build it up, build it up, build it up.